Black Black Plastic Mutiny Radio FM. Thanks for listening. Uh, good positive vibrations goes out to Sean from Bughouse on Tuesday. He had me in doing his show because he messed up his hands. So think good thoughts for Bughouse Sean. Think good thoughts for yourself and uh, remember. Always do the right thing.
Right, right. Up shines a different light. Light has the world's 
about everybody goes to the cafe black rose to drink party and eat and if you ain't down you better not hang around else you sure as hell will get beat the grease is nice and at a decent price and all the bitches is fine mutiny radio 
www.radio.fm sound round sounds going down and around and around in the big town with the big sound. The jazz is so sweet you'll be patting your feet while sipping on a cold glass of wine. You can cock your bag or reap or scag and even some coke or some hash. But don't ask for no credit or they'll tell you forget it cause hustlers only deal in cold cash. We had just finished greasing when the bitches started teasing for us to split and lay. Spoon's cunt collar was tight, which is understandably right after serving three years in a day. We about ready to split when I dug brother Harmony Grit. A runner from the south side of town, he was coming our way, so I figured we'd lay and hear about the happenings going down. Brother Grit was hip to all kinds of shit. I mean, there wasn't nothing he didn't know. He knew every hustler's name, including his game, and who did or didn't keep dough. We traded jive and slapped each other five. As Spoon silently checked him out, he had heard that Spoon was my ace spoon coon, so he knew what our hustle was about. He was his usual son, the Spoon as well, clean from head to toe. He was dressed fresh down in a good spread brown, and his pocket was bulging with Tension building up at the convention as the hustlers began to arrive. Must have been 9,000 or more that came through the door. The time was 11:55. There were pickpockets and dope pillars, murders and thieves, card shop gamblers with aces up their sleeves, bank robbers, burglars, boosters and pimps, prostitutes, car girls, and all kinds of nymphs, loan sharks, swindlers, counterfeiters and fences, crooked politicians spending campaign expenses. Jacket, arson, and whoopies in the mob, and anybody else who ever killed, cheated, or robbed. Next, Pugline Brown proceeded to pat us down while his broad checked our hats. Britt nodded to him slightly, and Brown shook us down lightly, treating us like diplomats. Brown let us slide, so we went inside with our 38 strapped to our chest. Without making a sound, we slowly looked around the scope and all the rest of the guests. It was a whole lot to dig as our eyes quickly scanned the place. The decor was fried. Everybody looked high as I focused on a familiar face. It was Stingy Brim Slim and his crime partner Jim. Two hustlers from a long ways back. They were dressed to the bone and their reputations are well known. Bagged them kilos of smack. They were rapping the big bill. We were international dope dealer about who was going to win the night. Bill had better grand. Shit up tight. But me and Spoon, we just planned as we continued to pin to see who else was there. We spotted finger popping Teddy and his car girl Betty, whose perfume had lit up the air. I recall the past and how Teddy's rep had spread fast for being so swift with his hands. From the wallet in your pocket to a ring watch or locket, we specialize in expensive brands. Now, Betty, it was said, could kill a great boy in bed and make the chump submit. They would come before they came, then she would pickpocket the lame while telling him that he wasn't shit. My eyes 
just caught a glimpse of two super fly pimps who had just come through the door. I could tell they were down from out of town just by the clothes that they wore. Like a peacock's parade, they strutted around on silk slacks, handmaids, sporting tan alligator shoes, decked out in colorful shirts of pink, yellow, and red, stitching a gold hoop spread and acting like they couldn't lose. Spoon and I were impressed by the way these cats were dressed and how smooth they seemed to be. But there was one thing we knew for sure, and that's that there couldn't be no draw between us masters of streetology. We didn't find out till later from a booster named Ada. That these cats went by. They were known as Funky Cars from out of Harlem, New York, and it's part of Chicago Shack. By now, champagne was flowing, big bands blowing, and the musicians gave it all they had. The cats just danced and hung the world.
streets and woods around my house were a perfect setting for fake mischief. I would spend all afternoon pretending I had run away, that I had to live on my own. I would bring Toll House cookies and a sweatshirt and try to make a fire. I would sneak outside of our house at dusk with a pair of binoculars and search the streets for murderers. I created scenarios in my head that I always managed to escape from, kidnap fantasies where I would wriggle free from the ropes, fire fantasies where I would save my whole family and jump from my window into a snowbank. Drugstore robbery daydreams where I would find a way to connect with the troubled teen and get him to drop the gun. After school, I would eat ravenously and then hop on my pink huffy bike. The bike read cactus flower on the side and as I coasted down the street, I would pretend I was being chased, riding fast and helmetless. I would look over my shoulder and pick a random car and decide it was filled with Russians. I would pedal furiously up to the edge of the woods and jump off my bike, stashing it in the bushes. And then I would pile leaves on top of me and lie very still, imagining how ridiculous those bad guys would feel when they realized they had walked right past me. Enemies had thick-tongued accents and fur hats. Do you see the girl? The small and scary boss would say, Yes. The big and dumb one would answer. I would pretend to wait until they were gone and then jump out of the leaves to get into the business of delivering the microchip into the hands of Pat Benatar.
Open up and try new things with someone you love. And finally, if you don't eat pussy, keep walking. And try new things with someone you love.
And finally, if you don't eat pussy, keep walking. Gimme that pudding.
would like to talk to you about popular things. I know that most people here are more interested in classical music, but people in the popular field do take an interest in the classical. I mean, the Tchaikovsky B-flat concerto has become tonight's love, and the Rachmaninoff concerto or concerto number two has become full moon and empty arms. So, I don't see why I shouldn't, from my point of view, rouse up popular singing.
of the popular singer is beginning definitely to slip. And we get into the manic cycle, of which, as you know, there is an elated and a distressed point. Well, in the elated point, the singer is still very cheerful, but nothing they sing about makes any sense at all. And you get the, how's that again, type of song. These are frequently used for one-minute singing commercials.
Through glass.
Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I'm kidding about that, that surgery, but I'm very much against surgery. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what, I have a friend uh, who uh, had it. And I mean had it. <laughs> you wouldn't have believed this job. I've known this girl ever since we were the same age. <laughs> and uh, I didn't recognize her. Now, that, that's how bad the job was. But she came up to me on the street. She says, hello, Phyllis. <laughs> I have found this perfectly divine. She can't talk very well. I have found this divine new plastic surgeon. I said, well, I don't know how divine he is, but I'm sure he's new. And she said, well, I just love him. I think he's marvelous. And he works very cheap. I said, I can tell you something else about him. He's left-handed. <laughs> oh, we, we went to lunch. I couldn't eat. <laughs> you are not going to believe what happens when she chews. <laughs> Nothing hits. <laughs> and she's got food all down the side. <laughs>
right here. Hey, why don't you stop wiping those glasses with you and listen to me? When you were in some trouble, hmm? Hmm? Want a little trouble, glass wiping? Don't you think it's time at the uh, house for a drink? Oh, gee, miss, you just walked in here. Boy, you're a real Milton Berle, aren't you? <laughs> Television, all those jokes. Listen, I... Hey, why don't you listen to me for a minute, all right? Pretty arrogant. Son of a bitch, you know? Hey, I'm talking, you know, listen to you want a little trouble, you son of a bitch, I'll give it to you, huh? You want the old one-two, you'll get it. It's the old zippo-bang, and that's what it is. What I want to talk to you about, if you'll listen, my dog here. There was a way to get back home. Once there was a way to get back home. Sweet, pretty darling, do not cry. And I will sing a lullaby.
several times and on one incident I told him there was one little angle I differed with him on and that was his hard fight to keep the school bill watered down on federal aid to schools. He feels that he's right in saying no school should receive money that's segregated. Say this is good. Tell the people in the state of Mississippi and Georgia, as long as your schools are segregated, you can't receive any federal money for schools. But he sits right there in the Congress and let them give him money to build a federal highway. So if you're going to take my tax money and build a highway in the state of Mississippi where a cat can travel 10 miles to lynch me, then give them kids some money. think it's really that much different. Only difference between the Negro in the South and the Negro in the North is you're a little bit safer up here. <laughs> <laughs> 